Yes, I will not beatbox. Scratch. <laughs> hey, how's everybody doing? Barbara College says, if you could tell by the, my voice being on here first, our fearless leader who has been holding us down, he has been LeBron without Kyrie and Kevin Love. He has been cooking for the last three or four weeks, and he is taking some time to himself today. So, speaking about our brother Craig Charles, I am Am I Fields? Am I your barber? And then, oh my gosh, Go my ahead. voice is cracked crack. so bad. <laughs> How old are you, Jordan? Jordan? Jordan's still new to Barber. That's how Jordan. young he is. His voice cries. Jordan Barber for Bristol, Tennessee. J Bob on Instagram. And I would like to. Uh, I would like to. We got a guest here today. I'm gonna gas him up a little bit because he won't do it himself. It is. I won't say his. I let him say his own name. An this, amazing, uh, an amazing barber. Amazing barber. Amazing person. Amazing friend. This man is all the above, and one of the hardest working individuals I've ever met. Not just in barbering, in life. And now you can say your name. Tell them your name. Uh, that's that's uh, that's far to come, but I appreciate it. Um, Ryan White on Instagram at the Common People Barber. Common People Barber, what a dope name! Today we're coming here. We got a few topics to talk about. We're just going. We're going to flow, and we're going to talk about some real life ish. You know, we're going to talk about stuff that we're going through. Um, Ryan, it's it's always great to have you. Ryan is one of my best friends. Uh, man has come to my shop. And bless my shop. He's blessed my life in many ways. And I know if I ever need anything, I can pick my phone, pick my phone up and give him a call. And he's going to answer. So if y'all ever get a genuine friend, Ryan is that to me. Um, I, I'm just happy that you're here, man. You know what I'm saying? We need to guess. And guess what? Ryan, Ryan pulled up. up. Exactly. Came up. <laughs> no question. There was no there was no hesitation. I don't even think you checked the schedule. We just made it happen, right? Yeah, we just found an extra hour in there. And yeah. That's awesome. Away, yeah. That's awesome. So, uh, so Ryan... Uh, you do a lot of things, man. What what are tell the people some of the things that you do? You're more than just a barber. Yeah, so I'm a high school teacher. I teach business classes, and I uh, am a private baseball instructor um, as well. Um, I coached high school baseball for ten years, and got out of that whenever I started barbering um, because I just couldn't do you know juggle everything. And then um, I am I, I am a barber. Uh, by night, I guess you could say. So you're a full-time, all this is full-time stuff. Like there's no part-time anything. No, I, th I think when you get in the habit of looking at anything like part-time, like, I mean, yes, I only do baseball lessons one day a week to get my toe just kind of dipped in the water. But I think when you start looking at like, oh, this is part-time and that's part-time and it makes full-time. I just look at it like teaching and barbering as my business, as a business owner, you have to have the mindset that it's full-time. You know, instead of two part-time things. So, yeah. You were deep into a career. Like, you were, you know, you were teaching for how long before you decided why Why all of a sudden barbering? Mm, well, I mean, I guess that was a, that was a silver lining of the uh, pandemic for me. Um, that's when I went to barber school. Uh, I'd always wanted to. And whenever uh, the spring hit where they basically told us, you know, halfway through the semester, like, guys are going home and you're not coming back. Um the silver lining was I was able to get the first few months of barber school knocked out. And then, of course, teachers had the summers off. So then I was able to knock out the next few months of barber school. So I had like six, seven months of barber school in my belt before I just finished up some night classes like in the fall mm -hmm. and winter. So It worked out uh, perfect. Yeah, Sounds like. I just got lucky with the timing of it. I, I always wanted to go, but I never knew how I was going to make it work because most classes during the day. And if you just go at night, you know, the whole time, the 1,500 hours is going to take several years mm -hmm. so yeah but why why barbering why 
coaching, teaching, and then how did barbering come out, come about? Like what, what inspired that for you? I mean, I think it's several things. Um, I enjoy being around people. I enjoy building relationships. Like that's a big part of everything that I already do. And I always had like an artistic side to me as well that, um, I didn't really get to express as a, like a former athlete and a coach because that your whole life is devoted to those things. Mm -hmm. And, um, I had that little side of me that wanted to, you know, dabble in that at some point. And then I also, as a business teacher, I wanted to practice what I preach. So I wanted to become a business owner too. So really when you take those, all those aspects and marry them together, a barber is a perfect career to, to do those things. So. And, and your business structure is very unique. Um, there are probably somebody, some other barbers doing what you're doing, but to our area, it's very unique. So you want to tell us kind of what, how your business works? Yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm mostly a mobile barber. And the reason I was a mobile barber, had that idea to begin with, was not just because not really, not a whole lot of people are doing it, but more or less because of the fact that it allowed me to be flexible while already having a full-time job and I could work around it, work around things. And I knew I wasn't going to do as many cuts as other people. And um, like we were talking about beforehand with like booth rent and all the different things like that, um, mobile barbering allows your overhead to be so much less because I'm not paying commission or rent when I go to an office or house or wherever I'm going to cut hair. Um, so it's twofold. It allows me to be flexible with my schedule and it keeps my overhead low because I'm not doing as many cuts as you would need to do if you were renting a booth or commission or whatever. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's one thing. One of the things we came in, uh, talked about today, real life stuff, um, inflation. And I think the overall growth of the barber industry is causing a lot of, uh, decisions to be made as far as like pricing for haircuts, location, do you want to do a suite? Do you want to be mobile? Do you want to, uh, you know, stay in the shop? Uh, Jordan, how do you feel about some of these things coming about? We're all making some decisions now. Uh, so recently, um, I've been having to make a decision of staying in the shop or if I want to go into my own little, you know, suite or, you know, I've thought about even starting a shop, but I think, I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go the suite route. Um, why not the shop? Why not the shop? Uh, I just think it's, I think, I've, I mean, I've been thinking about it for about a year now. I've been really wanting to kind of branch out on my own by myself mm -hmm. so I can get my own room and have like, be able to decorate it the way I want it, establish the environment the way I want it. Um, so just, you're going to, you're going to create a shop. I guess like, I guess a shop, but not a shop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, I just want to have a room to myself to where I can have more exclusive, like, you know, more privacy. I can offer more services. Uh, obviously, I can still do that in the shop too, but still, as certain things, you, I feel like it's more suitable when you have like a suite, you know? And that's one thing like, I've noticed about the industry now is like a lot of barbers are going towards suites and it's a barber industry right now. Um, right now I have a shop, but it's just me in there. And man, I tell you what, I kind of like being by myself and I, I don't hate it. You got any? I think this is like the purpose of what you're trying to accomplish. Like a suite can also be a good launching pad to having a shop one day mm -hmm. because now you're not that you're not building your brand always when you're a part of another shop. But like if, if you go that route and you have your own thing, you are building that brand and it's you now, especially you. And. The big thing is at that point, you're not managing other people, right? That's the number one headache. That's, of that's the one. Shop. Yeah. That's, you know, even if you have good employees, it's just still more work. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that it's a bad route to kind of use that as a launching pad to doing something like that one day. I mean, I, I, and we, I'm sure you guys talk about this, but so many young barbers that come out, um, 
they want to open a shop right away and it's not necessarily always the best move doesn't mean they're not capable yeah doesn't mean that they can't do it but i mean there's a lot of stuff that you need to learn i feel like that you will learn if you work in a shop before you want you know before you open up your own shop but i feel like i make it easier with your how you want to have it set up later on like what you learn what not to do what to do what stuff like you pick up while you're in the shop how to bring clients into the shop like it's just a lot of stuff that i feel like you'll learn going to a shop first instead of just jumping straight out of school into a shop. And that's true. But I also do feel like there's a lot of stuff you don't learn until you actually do the business management part of it. Which is true too. And yeah. and I think that's important. I mean, you, you can get your toes in the water for sure. And I did learn a lot kind of of the structure, but it also teaches you bad habits as well. Like I learned a lot of bad habits from working in the shops. Um, one thing that I, I, when we went to the OG Barber conference was me, Craig, Micah, and we were, we were, it was a shout out to OG Barber conference in Greenville, Tennessee. Uh, Tyreek Jackson was there. And one thing that Tyreek, and um, I don't know if it was so much, it seemed like there was a, almost a back and forth because Tyreek Jackson is a school owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very civil. You know, it was, it was a lot of respectful, successful people in industry having constructive conversations. And one of the conversations I think was almost um, vilifying the schools, that the schools aren't equipping barbers with what they need when they get in the shop. And Tyreek Jackson made a huge and very interesting point saying, this, this is a barber's market. Right now, if you are a booked barber, if you're fully booked, you're you're professional, you know, you're good at marketing yourself, there's no reason for you to actually need a shop. You don't need a shop. Why would you go and give your money to somebody else if you can manage your money well and do all those things? So really what's having to happen is people that are owning shops are having to train the barbers in their shops, getting fresh, raw students and teaching them not only how to cut hair, but the management part, the customer service part, and that's that's kind of what's going to have to happen if you're going to have to have a shop. You're going to have to teach in the shop as well. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I mean, I'm by myself, obviously, with what I do. Um, so there's some down downside of that too. I miss the barbershop vibes, the camaraderie, the you know what we all love about just hanging in the barbershop. But I don't have to deal with a lot of what you talked about. Yeah. So, um, and I mean, and the thing on the schools too. And I, Tyreek runs a really good school. I, I, there's just so often that like even I still hear it like oh I didn't learn that in school or, I didn't learn that in school and you know a lot of times somebody will say I'm like where do you go to school at and I'll say and I'm like well I went to school there too yeah Jordan went to school there too like there's a lot of heavy hitters that still figured it out somehow that came out of there okay like there's nothing you're not gonna get everything in 1500 hours you know no, you're not continuing not education when you get done and you're not still working and you're, you know, you, there's always something to learn. I need to get better at so many things, right? I'm happy with where I'm at, but like, uh, we all need to get better at stuff. And I, and I don't feel like I'll ever be at a place where I'm, I got it all figured out. Uh, Jordan, do you have any thoughts on that as far? Because you've been in the shop for a while. Yes, I've been in there for two years. Um, I was like you said, I still have a lot of stuff that I'm trying to figure out. Like more, I'm, I'm trying to learn more of the, the business aspect of barbering right now, mm-hmm. which is. Um, I feel like most of that's not going to come until I do it myself. Yeah. So I'm 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 ready to take that step to be by myself. That's why I kind of want to get my own spot so I can learn everything and like I mean as far as haircutting, I'm still obviously I'm still learning. I still need to there's still a lot more stuff I need to learn about that. But I feel like I put more time into my learn how to like learn how to do my haircuts and putting myself out there for my clients and getting more clients, I feel like it's time for me to take a step back from that for a little bit and start working towards the business side of it. So being by yourself, 
Um, what other things influence your decision to be by yourself? Like, why, what, what in your mind makes it makes you think that that's a good idea? Hmm. I just, I, I, I think I want to hold myself more accountable. For like, I think when you when you when you by yourself, I feel like you have no other person to sit there and blame it on besides yourself. You're right. So I, I feel like it's gonna push me even farther than when I am right now being in the shop. I think it's like knowing who your clientele is too. Yeah. Like being by yourself, you have to create a different atmosphere almost when you do that versus just the shop alone. And if you have a clientele that you're is you know, what you would consider a more premium or higher paying clientele or their demographic is, you know, with their income level and stuff is higher than they come to expect a different level of, of service, whether it's just the ambiance, the cleanliness, the, you know, the music you have, whatever, like the shop needs to be, or that suite needs to be like a step up too. And I don't know, you, you create a totally different vibe when you're by yourself. Like, yeah. And it, it'll be yours, you know, like, and that's one thing about opening a shop with me is like, you know, I worked at the shop. I worked in a couple of different shops. The first shop was really cool, sportsy kind of shop. You know, I had jerseys on the wall, and that brought conversations. I like sports. You know, I enjoyed that aspect. And then I worked in more of a kind of gave off an antique vibe type shop, um, which you know I, I, I try to bring light anywhere I go. You know, I try to make it mine anyways. And now that I have my own spot, it's just so much more comfortable to walk in there, and it's like it's like breathing in fresh air, you know, cause everything that I put into my, my, my shop is everything that I loved and I enjoyed. And I think that really attracts the kind of clientele as well that enjoy those things. Like I have artwork in my, my dad's artwork in my shop, you know, plants, uh, you know, and those, those things to me are, are what I enjoy and the people that appreciate it are people that I want to cut their hair. And it's, it's funny how that works. I think it'll bring like the, I, I know my clientele is like, they're all supportive of everything that I do. They all, they want me to do, what I want to do because they support me. So, I mean, I feel like I feel like the suite is the right move. I've been thinking about it for a long time. I've talked to a lot of people about it, and they all support, you know. So, I'm, I think I'm going to go for it. I think it's, I think it's time, for, time to take that step. Yeah, I respect it. You got any advice for them? I mean, for you, just, you just have to know your numbers, I feel like. Like, I don't know what kind – I'm sure you're super busy, and, and I know you're a great barber. So, like, you know, the numbers just have to make sense for um, – all the other uh, supplementary costs that you're going to accrue, like, yeah, the boot, you know, when you're at the barber shop, you're paying the booth rent or whatever, and it may be high, but now you're also paying like utilities. the insurance, utilities, uh, you know, the water, the, uh, you know, Wi-Fi. all the supplies, the Wi Fi, the TV, the whatever, you know what I mean? All the things you have to buy for it. So um, even if it's just starting capital stuff, like you're buying your own, now you got to go buy couple grand chair you gotta you know maybe you got a refrigerator in there maybe you got a shampoo bowl in there like all the uh, starting capital and of course that you might already find a space that has all those things so yeah just adding all that kind of stuff up and seeing when you're ready to make the move to where it's not painful for you to make the move so i have a question for you um if it was you in my predicament would you um take out like a personal loan a business loan well pause for a second well why don't why don't you if you're comfortable elaborating, uh, it, you don't have to get specific, but just kind of sharing your your position w- with you wanting to to move, like why, it's, like why I've, I've I've really went for it. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm in the shop now, um, and we had a meeting about last week, and we started a whole new contractual agreement, um, 
And it's not really, I'm not going to sit here and say it's not like a, it's a good thing for the shop, but it's not like, it's something that I feel like it's not going to be beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's, like it's 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 kind of it's definitely forcing me to be like be out. So make, I, have, I have until July first. Yeah. yeah, I have until July first, which I wasn't really expecting to move out. Well, actually, I wouldn't say that. I was actually I was planning on actually getting out pretty soon. So I wouldn't sit here and say that it's the contract that's going to do it. I was going to do it regardless, but just that just really gave it. That's the, know, that's the extra that's push. The, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So I was, I was like, yeah, you know. We had to talk and everything. And we, I mean, I understand no against nothing against my shop owner. He's a good, he's a good shop owner. He, you know, does his thing. But uh, yeah, it's just certain things like that. I feel like it definitely push you to make a decision when it comes time. I don't know if anybody's going to have that. You know, that happens in your life. It happens all throughout life. Like things happen. That yeah, it, it makes you gotta you gotta show your hand eventually. Like. You know, somebody—it's just part of the game. You know, it's part of life. You, you, we, you, life is a constant, constant decision making every single day. Like you, you make decisions every single day, and from small to big. And sometimes you have those seasons where you have to make larger decisions, and, and then make like larger impacts on your life. And that's kind of like where you're at right now. But sorry to interrupt your your no, question. Go ahead. No, you're fine. I was just—I'm just like I'm. Sometimes I've, I'm too nice. And I don't like hurting people's feelings, and that's oh. and that's that's the part where it starts. I'm like, I gotta. I'm a I'm a ple- I'm a people pleaser. I don't know. I'm just I'm, I'm happy that people you brought happy. it up. And I just in my mind, I'm like, dang man, I hope this doesn't affect our relationship that we built over these two years. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's just like, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I gotta go. Like it's it's something that has to be done for me. Not for I mean, in his mind, he's not you know thinking probably that he's gonna hurt my feelings. Probably yeah. most likely. So he's doing the same thing he, that you're doing. Yeah. So I was just like, it is what it is. If the if the I'm gonna try you know tell him I haven't told him yet, but obviously I think he's I'm having the same say. emotions that you're having right now. Yeah, the yeah, same, emo- cause, same emotions. Because when I, when he had the when we had the the meeting, he I could tell he was kind of nervous and. To to even say to even say and show the contract like and everything that's supposed to be done and, and, and like, he's making a decision for himself yeah. too and 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 it is fair you know yeah. like it's fair did you just, I feel like you had something that you want to say no I just now to like try to go with what you're saying it's like um, what does that contract uh, lock you into what do you mean like um, if you sign it what happens. <laughs> I had to stay for another year. Oh, it's a year contract. You're yes. committing to another year. Yeah. So let me ask you this: um, If you leave before a year is up, what is the penalty? You have to. You get charged twenty percent of your breath rent. Twenty percent, like each month till it's out, type thing. Yeah. So it's not like an apartment where if you just leave early, you just still have to just pay all the rent. It's like you're you're being charged twenty percent of whatever that would be, depending, yeah, on, but, depending and, on how long. You yeah, and then it, plus whatever on top of where you go the next, you know, whatever place you go to so it's, that's stacked on top of mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, so i'm just like oh no i don't i don't know that that's um this is gonna sound crazy because it's gonna sound like a uh a possible waste in money but i think i don't know your current financial situation because i would have to look at how much like starting capital you have and how much you have saved up and stuff to do the sweet thing on your own already if you've got money earmarked for that but the reality is it might benefit you to stay for mm. a little while 
even if you break the lease later and just pay the difference just so that you can have enough starting capital to not have to take out a loan when you start. Just leaving like six months early or three months early or two months earlier. And loans aren't a bad thing per se, mm-hmm. but like with interest rates and stuff, what they are right now, and they're looking at economic indicators, they're not going to come down from what they are for like a while. Like they just paused them for the first time in 18 months on the last time they had to make a decision, but they're still sky high right now. So, um, yeah, like borrowing money is expensive right now, I guess is what I would say. And so you got to consider like that, that it might actually be worth it to break it if you're only paying 20%. Cause see, I know you hear 20% and you're like, dang, that's a lot to have to pay to just throw in the trash. But like, I thought you were going to say like you had to pay it all. So when I heard 20%, I was like, that ain't that bad. That's not what you wanted to hear, was it? No, no, that's fine. I wanted, I, I'll, I'm kind of glad that I'm kind of like getting different perspectives. You might even stay a whole nother year and then realize like, and not break it at all. And then realize like, Hey, that's even though, I wanted to go ahead and go like it allowed me to have enough money to start, you know, like how old are you, man? You're killing I'm 24. It. Yeah, that's my point. Like you're killing it. Like you're- <laughs> I, I know, but it's just like I've, the place that I found is actually way cheaper than booth rent. What he's saying though, and this is what, and this from, from somebody that just opened a shop. Yeah. The, the initial startup money that you will need. I had, I think I got a loan for $8,000, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound like a lot. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it was a personal loan, so I'm paying like six, six or more percent interest, and um, it's two, like two hundred and fifty dollars a month is what I'm paying on top of paying rent. So I'm paying six fifty for everything, which is a blessing, which yeah. you probably won't find that in Bristol. So <laughs> no. with with the 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 loan tacked on it, that's nine hundred dollars a month is what I pay roughly, and um, the money that you need to start up, I spent eight grand in probably two weeks. Okay, so I have money saved. I was going to tell us how much you're going to get robbed before you walked out of here. <laughs> As I, have, I have quite a bit of money saved. Well, okay. that's awesome. So, then that's different. 100%. Yeah, so I wouldn't need, a, I mean, if I did take it along, maybe like 2000 maybe something like that. You should probably take there. something out. If you got money saved up, I would take, I wouldn't use all, all of it. Yeah, yeah, I know. But I was just like, I, I've thought about it for a while, so I've been, th- I've been saving money. So okay. I've... Um, and the place I found is actually one of my friends. He just bought the building, and it's he wants me in there. So he's going to he's giving me it's three ten a month for the room, and he's paying for the water and everything else. Okay. So all I have to really do is pay for the room. What are your other like? Have you added up what your other costs would be to for like insurance and stuff like that? Just or to, just just like because you're going to buy a chair, you're mm-hmm. going to have to buy. A, I've a been adding stuff to my car right now. It's up to like three thousand. Okay. So. What is what is in your cart? Uh, chair, barber station. Um, How much is your barber station? Like eleven hundred. What are you getting? I'm getting the one with the built-in mirror on it. Bro, you can get a toolbox for three hundred dollars. I know, but I need a mirror. You can get a mirror for three hundred dollars. You're right. I just saved you. You're right. You but I want one. Of the, I want. Do you, I don't know where to get one of those full body. You can get them on Walmart. You can go. There's a lot of places you can get those things. You don't have to pay. You don't well, have to pay. I mean, well, less than that, probably. Then. I mean, so, you, I mean, you know, that's that's another thing. You you need to kind of look at your options as far as that goes. Which I mean, I mean, it's okay. There's a happy balance with that though, too, because I, I understand wanting to have like the nicest of everything, but I also understand wanting to save money. But at the same time, there's a there's a nice middle ground where you can still have nice stuff, but but look to shave a little bit off here and there. But the reality is too, it's important to have nice stuff, like because if you're in this suite and you're, you know, booked up charging a premium price for our area and things like that. Like 
it needs to feel like that too. So not that you need to spend $1,100 on a barber station, mm-hmm. but at the same time, like I wouldn't, if you don't want a toolbox, you don't have to get a toolbox either. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, I'm, I guess my point is like, there, you got to balance both of those things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm happy for you and it sounds like you got it planned out, but taking it, taking everything down to zero, that's where you want to start. Like you want to start, you want to figure out how much money you got and you want to start subtracting stuff and you, and there's things you're not going to know about. Like you probably want to go ahead and get an LLC, you know, or, well, I guess if it's by yourself in a suite, you probably don't need necessarily need an LLC. Well, I mean, would you think it'd be a good I idea was, to get uh, one? Did, okay. It won't hurt, but I mean, that costs money. Yeah. You're going to have to have insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause things happen. You just never know. And you know, I, mine is like, I pay like 60 some dollars a month, which isn't terrible. That's another fee. I didn't think about that. So mm-hmm. I'm right at a rack, just insurance, <laughs> insurance loan and uh, rent. So that's a thousand dollars. And I have probably, you're not going to find rent like I got in Bristol. Mm-hmm. Well, you say you're paying 300. Mm-hmm. So is that a week? A month. What in the world? Yeah, it's yeah. not bad at all. So, okay. It, and it's a pretty decent size room. Like it's, pretty big and it's nice like so i was like yeah so i mean i asked i asked him if he had to pay water or if i needed he said if i I needed a sink he just wants me in there he's just like Uh he he needs needs somebody help yeah so he needs people in there to help build the business and he's willing to cooperate with anything i want so well if yeah yeah i mean you sound like the way that you've talked it sounds like you have it figured out pretty well man honestly i don't i don't think you're that far off as maybe you think you are as far as not knowing what's going on I hope. Not. I don't I think mean, so. You just got you got to be all in though. You can't be you can't have one toe in the water. You, if that's uh, what you want to yeah. do, start doing it. I'm actually going to the bank after I leave here. So what you gonna do at the bank? Guess take out a little a little loan at least. What bank? Eastman. Why them? <laughs> I got the. They gave me the. I think they're the only one that. Well, that's my that was my first place. I actually took my first. I was gonna say you got nowhere else, did you? No. <laughs> I got two banks though, so that, yeah. Shop around. Yeah. Same way on the insurance. Same way on the banks. The banks at different banks at different interests. Uh, yeah, they have different things they can offer you. Yeah, they have different okay. packages. The, different the bank products. is like, yeah, they call it products. I mean, they're trying to sell you something. They make money that way. Mm-hmm. So you know, sometimes they have promotions. You know, like it just depends on what it is. And you know, they call it products. Sometimes you know, zero percent down. You put this much money down, we can do this. You know, it's, it's a lot of different things they can do with you. That's why you should shop around. I mean, don't. And if you're listening, Always. that's another thing. I mean, I respect that. Like for me, I go to a certain bank because I have a relationship with that bank. Mm-hmm. And but you should definitely shop around. You shouldn't just, hey, this is what we got. This is what you get. You know, and, and sometimes they try to make you feel that that's their job. They want you to borrow money from them. But you have options. You don't have to take the money from the first place you go. OK. I'll keep that in mind. This is a good conversation. <laughs> I'll keep that I mean, in mind. It's not. It's uh, if, if even if you wanted to after this, like I could walk you through the basic steps of like the, what you need to do from setting it up, getting a tax ID number, business bank account, business license, insurance permits. Like it's it's not it's not that it's hard. It's just uh, it's just a checklist of stuff. Ryan's like the emergency yeah. contact. Yeah, he's he's the emergency contact in my phone. Every, <laughs> he knows everything that's business. I'm telling you that. But I mean, I have a degree in it. I teach it. Yeah. You know, it's like I should know some basic stuff. And the reality is that, like, um, it's so important to me to be a teacher still too, even though I'm a barber, because the fact that I feel like um, I don't want any of my students to walk out and be like, if I want to start a business one day, I don't know how to do it. I don't want any of them to be able to say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because so many of us have to go seek and find on our own. Like even though I graduated with a business degree, I still had to like go 
get on the phone with the Department of Revenue and get on the phone with these people and those people and, hey, how do I do this? How do I do that? Like, I didn't know. Like, I had to seek it out. I spent a lot of time on the phone, um, emailing a lot of people, like, and you just figure it out, you know? So what, so what are some of the, uh, let's say, cons of the mobile barbering thing that you have? Are there any cons that you feel like or do you, other than missing out on the barbershop uh, I think, banter? Well, you miss out on that, and I think you miss out on um, learning from other barbers. Mm. You know, some barbers in the shop, you know, a lot of barbers in the same shop usually have a similar vibe. But a lot of shops, if they got five, six people, they all have a little different cutting style or they all have a little bit different this or that. Um, I, th- I think you uh, your network's a little bit smaller, even though I feel like I have a huge network as a barber, but your network's a little bit smaller. Cause that's a big deal. That's I mean, it's incredibly big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do I feel like I miss out on? The, the marketing of a shop is helpful too. Like when you do it all by yourself, uh, that's a different ballgame, yeah. you know, because – uh, I don't know how, what it's like at y'all's. I mean, I know you got your own spot, but I don't know what it's like at your barbershop, Jordan. But like, you know, now you're going to answer every phone call. Mm-hmm. You're going to book every appointment. You're gonna I kind of already do that. Yeah, and that's and that's good because you already got practice for it. Yeah. But at a lot of barbershops, though, those duties are divided up. Mm-hmm. You know, if the bathroom needs clean, you might be doing that on Mondays, and somebody else doing it on Tuesday, or. Yeah, he so, will be doing that every make, week. Yeah, making the hot towel. Fifty dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you're the accountant. You're the tax keeper or bookkeeper you're the social media poster you're you're everything so um some people like the control of that um but it is more work it's a lot more work and that's one thing that for me right now um you know i'm looking to hire somebody because and it's not necessarily that i want to delegate any tasks to anybody i mean which would be helpful but uh just it's so hard when you're a barber and somebody walks in the door and you're booked up for two weeks. You're like, I'm booked up for two weeks. You'll have to, you know, it's like a, you're happy to say sure. that when you're a shop owner, it's like, and you can't get somebody and say, Hey man, I'm a week in advance. That hurts. Yep. That's money walking out the door. I'd rather have somebody else there. Yeah. Put that money into their pocket yeah. Yeah. Than, to, than to just let it walk out the door. So, I mean, it, the, the mindset is totally different. Yeah. I hate telling people I can't get them. It makes me like when they'll come in and be like, yeah, you got any, you know, you got any spots open? I'm like, no, but I can fit you in tomorrow. You know, I'll try to fit them in if I can. Sure. But sometimes they want a haircut in that day. So just. But that's why like what we were talking about a little bit before we started the show of like figuring out with pricing and stuff like that was the number one way to know that you need to raise your prices if your demand dictates that. Wonderful point. You know? So I think each of you have gone up in your prices here recently. Yes. Um, what, why? Because you, did you start getting overly booked? Um, you felt like you, you need more time? I'll go first. Um, I mean, really, I, I, I wasn't really going to go up on my prices, mm-hmm. but the shop in the hole went up in their prices. So I was like, Jonathan was like, you know, I'm about to go up to 25 because we was charging 16 for walk-ins. We was like the cheapest in Bristol. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, you know, I feel like we're good enough to where we can charge 25. You went from 16 to 25? Yeah. And he was like, well, I'm going to go to 25 for walk-ins and then, you know, 30 for haircut and beard and all stuff. And he was like, well, so that means appointments prices are going to go up $5. So I was like, okay, I'll just go up $5. Then. What were the appointments to begin with? I think they were... 25 i think okay pretty sure so those I went think. to like 30 i guess I, no yeah. well i think they were they might have been 30 
Maybe I'm not. I can't remember actually. Either way, they went up by five. Yeah, bucks. but I'm, okay. now I charge thirty five and forty four beer trim for haircut okay. appointments, and then Walkers at twenty five. Walkers is twenty five. Yeah, I love bar room because either somebody's listening right now saying, "Oh my gosh, it's a lot of money," or somebody's going, "I will never work for that. <laughs> I'll never work for that amount of money." Like, it's really. I'm, I mean, I guess you got to consider where we live, though, man. Yeah, because the cost of living here is so low. I just think it's fun. Yeah. I, I think that part's fun, you know, but. And your yeah. reasoning too for like why you went up. Yeah, mine was one hundred percent just based on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and I tell this to people that leave school. I think the the most underrated decision that a barber student makes when they graduate is what they set their initial price at. Mm-hmm. It's the most underrated decision you make because it sets the precedent for what you're going to do next. Right? Y'all were at sixteen. If you were like, "Hey, um, we're going to forty, like. A shop may close next month. If yeah, you, do that, you, <laughs> you know? never know. But then again, if you raise your price by three bucks and demand doesn't die at all, then you just raised your price and didn't solve any of your problems. Mm-hmm. You make a little bit more money, but you didn't solve any of your problems. So it's like setting up your price is almost like what allows you to figure out what the next jump is or the next jump. Not that you're doing it maybe for a while, but setting that initial price is huge. And of course, your like customer service, your marketing, your cutting skills, like all those things have to equal up to the the experience that you're offering has to equal the money that you're charging so mine what mine really hit me when i have a client every time he gets out of the chair he don't even look at the calendar he's always like hey man just throw me the same time in three weeks yeah and i'm always like okay cool and i just pop out my phone and do it well i guess a few months back he's like throw me down for three weeks same time and i was like hold on hold on don't leave yet i don't have anything oh man and he was like what and I was like, I'm sorry, I'll get you the day before, the day after, whatever. We can still get you in about three weeks, but I don't have anything. He goes, I'll buy that other guy's slot. Oh. <laughs> I was that's, like, that's how you, okay. I was, yeah. like, I was like, hold on a second. And then it really hit me. I said, well, number one, I can't let you buy somebody else's slot because he's that's just as important up. as you are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it taught me two things. Number one, my demand, if I couldn't even book the next appointment for the person that was sitting in my chair, then I need to make an adjustment. Number two, it taught me that some people are willing to pay more for the convenience of that time slot because mm-hmm. that was a day that like he didn't have his son, that within that day he got off work early that day. It was like he could just go get his hair cut on that day and he knew for a fact he had that free time every time, every three weeks. And so I knew that people were willing to pay more and I, for lack of a better word, had to kill demand just a little bit. You don't yeah. want to kill it too much. So then I, when I go into my pricing and figuring out what I'm going to charge or how much I'm going to jump it, I'll use rough math here just to help um, anybody that's listening. The Ron White formula. No, this is just basic math. This is simple. <laughs> like This is how every barber should think on this because it's, not a, it's a fact. It's not like an opinion of something, right? If you jump your prices by X percentage, then that's how many clients you can stand to lose, and that's your break-even point, mm-hmm. right? So let's say... Let's say, um, let's say I was charging 30 bucks, okay? And I go from 30 to 40. If I go from 30 to 40, that's a 25% increase. That means I can lose up to 25% of my regular clientele. Rough, okay. rough math here. And be okay. If I lose more than that, you're losing money. Then I'm losing money. If I lose less than that, you, then you I'm didn't. making money. And if I'm making, if I make exact, if I'm cutting the exact same or right at 25% or lose right at 25%, that means that I'm breaking even. But that's still a W because I am cutting less hair mm-hmm. and making the same amount of money. You've opened yourself up. 
which is the whole reason for raising your price anyways, was to open some more availability for people that probably couldn't get in before. Like you said, you have people who call and be like, I can't get in or whatever. Um, so you just have to do the math on like what your percentage increase is and then what you're wanting to do it by. And then I also talk to two or three of my clients um, in each kind of um, income level. I know what their jobs are. I know what they do. And, and, and they're like, if you raise it by five bucks, dude, like nobody's going to leave. So you're not going to have solved your problem. Yeah. And, but at the same time, like I was telling Jordan, if you raise it by $20, you know, at one time, like you're going to lose way more than, than you want. And now we've created an even bigger problem because yeah, I may be having 50, $60 cuts now. That's great. But if nobody's walking the door now, that's a problem too. So it's a tough, tough decision. And uh, I poured over it for days and days and days. Because you care. Yeah. You care about the people you cut. You yeah. like the people you cut. It's not always I, about the yeah. money sometimes. You're not even wanting to raise yeah, price necessarily. Yeah. You're right. just trying to help everybody out. Yeah. And I think about that. Like sometimes I'll be cutting somebody's hair and, and not in a negative way. I'll be like, this guy works here and I know he makes this much an hour. I know how many hours it takes for him to pay me yes. a, to, to work, to, to pay for this haircut. And, and I think about that sometimes. And I think as barbers who genuinely care. And I think if you're going to be a successful barber, you have to genuinely care about the people that you cut. So when you raise your price, it's, it's heavy hearted, you know, just like Jonathan, uh, excuse me, just, just like, um, shop owners will care about, uh, the, their their employees you know you value your employees if you got good employees and you and, but but you got to make it profitable for yourself and and you, it's heavy hearted when a shop owner has to say hey i'm raising the rent you know so i mean i don't think they do it lightly sometimes they do it in different ways sometimes the only way that for them to do it is say hey i'm raising the rent you know which seems aggressive and almost like they don't care but sometimes it's the only way for them to do it yeah sure. you know and and it's it you know, don't don't get upset. Like, don't get in your feelings at first. Kind of take a step back and analyze the situation. You know, like Ron said, if you're just if the buyout's only twenty percent, you know, and sometimes it's better just to stay there and see what it's like. It's sometimes, cheaper, yeah, yeah, maybe. And 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 and, and honestly, initially, if you really want to see your manage money management skills, if you did that for a few months, then you're like, hey, if I can do this, then this rent is this X amount of dollars. Then it'd be an easier transition for you. So this this is a great talk, man. I'm glad, I, I, dude. I, I'll t- I'll add this to it too. Here's where the heavy hearted part hit me as a high school teacher. Like I cut a lot of my students, and they're oh, they yeah. were already scraping together what they could to pay the price that I was charging to begin with, mm-hmm. and that already was like hard on my heart sometimes too. See, that don't bother me. See, because mom, they're gonna go ask mom and dad. Like they don't care. They say, "Hey, mom, let me get let me get that forty for that cut." So the, if you do you come down on their prices just a little bit? If if you really if they really need a haircut, will you try to fit them in? Because sometimes Ooh, I do that. Good question. I'm not going to sit there and lie to you. Do you discount your cuts ever? Ever. Ever. Never. A core value belief I have that makes maybe different for everybody else. I have two prices. I got full price or free. Mm. Okay. I don't do a discount because uh, I value myself too highly to do so, and I'd rather just give it to you for free than for 15%, 15 20% off. Mm. So I give a lot of free cuts. I won't say a lot, but I will say every month, probably several. Um, but I don't ever discount a cut, and I never will. Do you factor in? Is there? Do you ever keep track of the amount of free cuts that you give away? Or is it just like you're in the moment? Like for me personally, like if you come in. It's a God thing for me. Me too. And if you come in and you have had a rough week or I know that you're going through something 
or you've been a steady client for a certain amount of time and you just want to bless somebody. You know, I got clients that have been with me since day one. Uh, every price change, never complain, just pay the next, you know, whatever, whatever. And, you know, sometimes you just want to bless people. So wh what are your, are you just like, you feel it? Like how do you, when you give away a free cut, what does it feel like? Yeah, that's, you nailed it. Like I don't even, I can't. I don't even have nothing else to say to that. You you nailed it. Like it's a God thing for me. If I feel God pulling on my heartstrings and working on me, and it's like you need to, you know, help this guy out, then that's what I do. Mm -hmm. And I don't question it. I just do it. And yeah. I know it'll, you know, whatever whatever needs to happen will happen. That doesn't make me right though about not giving discounts. I'm just also of the thought that like when you give discounts, people expect them every time. Yeah. And nobody expects a free haircut every single time. Mm -hmm. So when you bless somebody like that, I think too that they're more willing to like you know it, come back and pay you even more than your original price thing yeah was. or maybe they yeah maybe maybe when they can make more and i and when you cut a lot of teenagers which i'm sure jordan you probably got like a lot of like the younger crowd and mm -hmm. college kids and stuff that come to you i know you got some college kids that come to you um when they get out uh then not that you do it for to return tenfold but it possibly will you know they're in school for a doctor or physical therapy or you know a lawyer or some high-paying job and then now all of a sudden like you helped them out when they were, you know, they didn't have nothing. You know, you gave them a free cut here and there to get them by in their last semester of college. And then one day they're, you know, taking care of you with big time tips or whatever. So obviously it's another reason you do it, but I'm just saying like, I think people are more willing to, you know, return the favor. I want to, before I ask you about the free haircuts, I want to give an example of a time I gave a free haircut. I gave two in a row, right? So, and this is why it's funny. I cut these college, college football players um, and they were going to school and they were scraping, you know, they were scraping, you mm -hmm. know, it's true. They're eating ramen noodle, even though they, I mean, they're on the meal plan. So they're, they're less in that regard, but outside of that, they're scraping. Mm -hmm. So these two dudes come in and I've cut them for a while. Homecoming's coming up. Great guys. I enjoy being around them and they got bandages on their arm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right around the, like they just gave blood mm -hmm. and they Classic. show up, they show up, they show up with those on there. And I was like, did you guys just get out of the hospital? What happened? They said, no, nah, we, we gave plasma. We wanted to have a good homecoming. I, I said, it. you guys gave plasma <laughs> I knew it. to pay for your haircut. And they said, yeah. I, I was like, listen, I'm not letting you pay. You're giving up your yeah. <laughs> to pay for this. This one's on me. Like, the struggle was real. So, like, that's an example. Jordan, what about you? When you're giving out free haircuts, has there been, you got an example or, like, what qualities, qualifications it takes for you to want to give one out? Um. Like you said, uh, somebody that's having like a, you know a hard time or like like I have people like when I'm booked, um, like some I have a dude that one of my one of my dudes that was there for me when I was in school, um, he would hit me up. He hit me up and he was like, "Yo, bro, I really need a cut." He's like, I don't got a job right now, um, but I got a job. I got a job uh, interview tomorrow, mm -hmm. and I really need a haircut. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give you a free haircut." And he's like, the next time he came back, he gave me sixty dollars. That's that barbershop. So, so I mean, so. Yeah, it, it, like he said, it comes back, and yeah. and I'm, I've done it plenty of times. I've uh, stayed, I've stayed late, like really late, and cut people for less, not my regular price for late haircuts. But it always comes back. It always, it's always came back for me. So I mean, I feel like it's not. It don't cost, like you said, like well, that one time. It don't cost anything for a free haircut. No. So I mean. Even if it's sometimes they might not even be able to get you the whole price, but I'm really I just love cutting hair, so I don't I don't really care most of the time. You have a story like mine where you just felt like something pulled you to to give a free haircut, something happened. Other than that, uh, other than the interview, you got another one. 
Do I have another one? I know I've I've gave so many people freaking. I think every every barber does. Do you have anything like that? I mean, no. Why he's thinking on it though? I'll say like it doesn't mean that if you give discounts is wrong. I yeah. just like I do think that if you have core values about yourself or your business, then like just stick to them, you know. And that was something I just formed early on. So I'm trying. I kind of want to be like that though. Um, but there's. This, I don't know. I'm just. Well, that's why I said it's so important is when you come out of school about setting your price and stuff and like your standards for stuff like that because um, it's hard to change later. Like if there's somebody you've been giving a discount to for a while and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, man, listen, I'm going to need you to do this. And then they kind of get hot. Yeah, yeah. I've been doing this for two years, man. Yeah. I've, been, I've been, you know, and you're like, well, I've been giving you a discount for two years too. Like, yeah. So uh, it's much easier to. Uh, come off of something than it is to uh, go up on something mm -hmm. like the easiest way I can explain it from a teacher perspective is like, it's so much easier to be harder on the kids to start the year and then let off the gas pedal as the year goes on Yeah. versus like anything goes, do whatever you want and then try to get strict with them and stuff. They're like, I ain't playing. <laughs> Run, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's so much harder to turn on the gas than to let off the gas. Mm -hmm. And it's the same way with the pricing. You know what I mean? Like it's so much so much easier to be like, hey, Emma, you know, you've paid full price for two years and you've just been a great client. Like, I'm going to give you a free one today, yeah. man. That's easy to do. Yeah. But it's hard to be like, hey, man, I've been giving you a discount for two years. You're going to pay more today. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's paying the same now. Yeah, it does. that's tough. Yeah, and, and I mean, and I think that, I think most barbers, uh, most barbers do that. Like, we'll give a, a free haircut or or maybe discount the cut. I think I think that's something that we all share in that regard. I think, you know, there's probably people that don't, and I respect you. If I, if you don't, I respect you too. Like sure. that's that is totally up to you. It's your business. It's how you provide for yourself. I respect that. But in my perspective, like, it's it just feels good to bless somebody once. And some people, sometimes people, a lot of times, if they're good, great clients, they're going to refuse. Like they're going to throw their card at you or <laughs> drop money on you. It, yeah. yeah, like they're not going to do it. Like or they're, they're like hiding had an extra 20 under a towel or yeah. something you're like cleaning up and you're like oh he put money in it <laughs> and yeah. i've had that a lot man like you try to and like some people are scared of it like and, and i got to be careful because like some of them are even been like running for office and like i'm like i wonder if they think i'm trying to like extort them you know so i was like <laughs> yeah. when they're like okay i'll pay i'm not gonna but that's 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 a really cool perspective man it's, this podcast is, is is dope um trying to think there's a few more things that i'd like to talk about since y'all are here yeah. um Another thing is uh, marketing, branding yourself. Uh, Jordan, And what are some of the things that you've done to brand yourself? Like, I think it's even more important now if you're going to try to branch off on your own. What are some of the ways that you separate yourself? Uh, I post a lot on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. I use Snapchat because I know I have um, – okay, so I know I have most of everybody that I want to see my stuff on Snapchat. And the same thing with Instagram. Everyone's like, I'm going to make two accounts, one for Barbara and one for my personal life. And I'm like, why would you? I mean, that's just, just my just personal opinion. I'm like, why would you make two accounts when you got everybody that you want to see, everybody that you know on one account? Why would you just not merge it together? I mean, especially if, like, if it's like, I mean, Barbara is my life. It's my lifestyle. It's mm -hmm. like, that's, I love doing it. So I don't mind merging my lifestyle and Barbara together. Yeah. So. That's just my personal take on it because, I mean, I had, like, when I started out, I think I only had, like, 800, 900 followers. 
Now I'm about to twenty k, fifteen hundred. I wish blue check, fifteen hundred. Um, <laughs> with blue check, a paid blue check, <laughs> but uh, like fifteen hundred. No, uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I feel like it helps. I I've seen that it, apparently that if you get the check, it's supposed to. If your account gets hacked, you can keep all your personal stuff and you can make I've another account and just reload, reload everything. Why does it help? Why, why do you... Uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I, I don't know. I guess people do take you more serious. Some people, yeah. I don't know. Some people don't um, like, he ain't like, bad. He ain't got a blue check. I know. I know. I feel I gassed up when I get a blue check like on mine. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that <laughs> makes me look pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's... it's uh, Just use it. Use everything that, that you think that you're more exposed on that you have more people that you know maybe if you're on facebook more post more on facebook if you're on snapchat a lot post on snapchat uh you just got to watch what you post if you're merging certain things with certain because you know my more might be more personal on snapchat but i mean i don't really post on snapchat besides haircuts it's like when you go to your grandma's so, house you ain't cussing like you were. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's but, how I mean, facebook is i feel like my grandma's yeah, house i need to post more on facebook too i really don't post on facebook facebook is underrated as yeah far as very like, underrated because, for your community yeah it's very close for your community and i've i've been trying to post more on facebook so most of the time i just do snapchat and instagram but i'm starting to just like back off both of them and just do straight facebook I think it just depends on like you knowing your client, knowing your clientele and where are they at. Yeah. And wherever they're at, that's where you need to be at. So there's not like a right answer of like you need to be on this or you need to be on this. Like like you said, if if you see some more people on Facebook and you see that's a need and you know, then and you need to post more, then then do it. But if you're like, hey, none of my people are on there, like, you know, then it I, may not be worth your time. I don't know. My Facebook is just kind of like letting my family and friends know what I'm doing because you know they really don't know. Like even though they, you know, like hey, I know you cut hair. Like you know, just, and it, and like I said, it's part of your community. I feel like your your closer community, mm-hmm. like people around you, would be on Facebook. And I don't know. I just feel like just throwing something up every once. In a while. I don't prioritize Facebook at all, um, but it's just something I like to just let people know what's happening. So what about you? How do you brand yourself? And, and market yourself as far as mobile barbering. How do you do that? I mean, this may be a cop-out answer, but the number one way to market yourself is just provide the best service you can because word of mouth is still undefeated. And, mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, whenever you're doing a good job and you're producing quality work and you're doing right by people, then ultimately you you could just honestly stay booked up before that because, believe it or not, there are book barbers before social media. And social media is a great tool. I use it too. Um and I'll talk about that, I guess, a little bit. But like, I think the main thing is number one, you have you can't not lose sight of like that aspect of it. It's it's clearly the most important. The person in your chair should be the most important person to you, no matter what, every single time. Um, I'd say the second aspect of it is just um, like like I said, knowing the client, and, but then learning how to uh, learning how to do things that are appealing. Um, not that you can't, first off, you can do a lot with an iPhone now, you know. Um, how old are you, Emma? Are you 30. Okay, so I'm, I'm a little older than both of you guys. But, I mean, I remember, like, you know, when having a first camera phone and stuff, it was, like, laughable looking at, like, content or a picture or whatever. And now it's like you can do a lot with an iPhone, but I've really tried to learn photography and videography with, like, uh, what I would call, I guess, uh, you know, a real camera, you know. Um, and that's challenged me to be better too because it's made me better at cutting hair and it's allowed me another creative outlet and it's ma- it makes a level of your content look more professional. Mm-hmm. 
And um, if you're charging a higher price and you're doing those things and, you know, you're just trying to make sure that all that stuff, everything that you do looks um, crisp, clean. Yeah, it looks like it should be like, right. You know, like uh, if I'm if somebody's charging, you know, for fifty dollar haircuts or hundred dollar haircuts or something and, you know, they're filming stuff on iPhone five, it's like, well. It looks good. You don't really get to see all the detail that you really sure do on your haircuts. So I'm not saying the the phone or the camera is the main thing, but yeah. I'm saying it it has. I, I know for a fact it has helped me because I've had people say that that's why they came. I saw your Instagram and it took. It looked like you cared about what you're doing as far as your. Um, it looked professional. It wasn't like oh that haircut was fire. It was like it looked professional. And that opens you up to another trade too, because somebody might say, "Hey, I want you to take pictures from a wedding," or like, "I want you to take a headshot for this and that." So you're really teaching yourself a whole new skill. And photography right now is hot as well. I mean, it always has been from day one. But I mean, a lot of people are making livings off, you know, specifically doing photography. Like I know a girl that travels, gets paid vacations to go do photographs. Like she's going to Hawaii, she's going to Seattle, and she and yeah, she just started. She went to college for something else, got a camera, started taking a few classes, and now she's making all this money getting to go and travel and do you know, photography. So it just opens you up to a whole new world. Yeah, I'm not on that level or anything by any means. But you means. could be. But, I mean, <laughs> I just learned how to take pictures on a real camera like seven, eight months ago. So um, I'll say this. Uh, it, I, I, have, I create a lot of content that never gets seen on Instagram because um, as an ambassador for like shark fin shears, I create content for them and then I sell it to them. Um, so I can get paid that way as well. But if I didn't know how to use a camera, then that opportunity would not be as, you know what I'm saying? So once you sell them, the content is no longer yours. You have no authority to post it on your. Um, it just depends on what it is. Um, the, but yeah, like uh, that's another another revenue stream, I guess, um, for barbers and stuff. But sometimes the like, we have like a DM group, and um, I feel like I don't even belong in it because everybody in there is like, hundred k followers and stuff. It's like people that have been doing it for twenty years and had to blue check before you could get it, you know, and like all those things. <laughs> it's like, he's up there. He's up there. <laughs> uh, which seriously, there's nothing wrong with that at all. I'm being dead serious. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. But like, I feel like I don't belong, right? Mm-hmm. And um, he'll, our director of education, he'll throw stuff in there and say, "Hey, I need a video that is this with this with this year from this angle." And this, that, and the other, and half the people in the, you know, DM sometime are, you know, they're either booked up or d- don't do a whole lot of content or whatever, and, you know, they miss the boat. I'm like, I'll do it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll do it. Like, And it's another way for you to kind of earn your, your worth in the company, right? You feel like you're contributing. Absolutely, yeah. Especially when you when you got all those heavy hitters and you feel like you're lower on the totem pole, it's like, yeah, I need to, I need to uh, pull my weight a little bit here to... You know, so what's your end goal for? Keep, I guess, what's you know? your end goal for being with them? I don't have an end you goal have one. for being with them. No, I, I just look at being with them as they're a company that produces a product that I believe in and use every day and genuinely like the people that are behind the product. And I think they're decent humans. And why not be a part of a community of people like that? Like if you can, if you can be, and then, you know, earn a little extra money at the same time is, is great. So yeah, I'll create stuff a lot of times though that 
that I that you'll never see on my page, but they'll post it on their page or something, and won't have my name on it, but it's because I sold it to them, or or you know other people are doing it too. That's what our job is as ambassadors. The common people, Barbara, you need to follow on Instagram. Uh, today's podcast was awesome. Uh, if if is there any closing thoughts that y'all would like to share with the people listening? Is there Jordan? Uh, you want to go first? Is there anything you want to share? I want to say what I always say, bro. Live life, have fun, go be great. Don't be scared to fail. Um, try out new things. It's just, just keep growing. You get that tattered on you. What yeah. about you, Ron? Is there any closing thoughts you want to share? Uh, just that everything we talked about today had nothing to do with cutting skills, and that should tell everybody out there that uh, you know your level of success in our industry. Um, your cutting skills are probably less than half of the equation. Mm -hmm. um, not that they're not part of it, but they're they're not everything that you think it is when you first start cutting hair. And if you're good at all those other things, then you can get your own suite, or you can move up or level up in one way or another. You know, so uh, that fade is cool, that's great, but you know, what about all these other things? Can you do those too? I call it the F word. <laughs> we call it the F word. The F word. The F word. Uh, everybody listening, thank you for listening and being with us for so long. Uh, we're well over 100, 120 episodes now. Uh, so happy to come here on Mondays and to do this for you. If you ever have any questions, anybody that's on this on this podcast, Ryan, Jordan, Craig, me, any of our guests, I'm sure they're very happy to answer your questions. If you have a topic you would like us to cover, message us, message the page, send it to us individually. If you have advice for us, maybe you hear something that you feel like we could be doing better, please message us and let us know. Don't let us sit up here talking because we don't know everything either. We're, we're very open to any suggestions. Thank you very much. Barbara College Success. Shout out Craig Charles. Peace.